0: I'll get the kids ready. We'll go into the office.
1: I'll go out on the field. Put in my eight hours. And earn one day's pay.
0: But today it's not about me.
1: Because a bigger heaven is a better heaven.
0: Because we're better together. Because save people,
2: serve people.
0: We'll give our one day, one day, one day, one day, one day,
3: one day,
2: one day,
0: one day, one day, one day, one day, one day, one day.
1: To transform their everyday.
3: If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in the Gospel of Mark chapter 8 and all of our Scripture and our notes are on the Westover app. We invite you to join us. I want to speak this weekend on the subject Opportunity Knocks, Compassion Answers. Opportunity Knocks, Compassion Answers. When God wants to do something in our life, there is an opportunity, a a Holy Spirit opportunity That knocks in our life. And compassion answers that knock. Compassion responds. And through compassion we open the door for what God is going to do in our life. And we want to say this day, this day is the opportunity is to feed the hungry children of the world. To put before them a new life. By putting food, by, by providing them a meal, we're actually giving them a new life. God has an opportunity for every one of us and He intends that compassion would answer. You know hotel rooms, they have on the inside of the hotel the doorknob hanging there, the lever. They'll have a sign that typically says, do not disturb. That's in case you want to sleep in, you want to get some extra rest, you, you out late, working late, whatever the case in your travel, you can sleep in. Now used to be, used to be on the other side of that do not disturb sign it typically had another message which said service requested. So you could put on the outside of your hotel room whether you wanted to sleep in, do not disturb or if you were out early and you wanted your room cleaned early you could put the sign service requested. Now it's become the custom in the last few years that that the sign only reads, do not disturb. Why? Because some people get up early and have been known to walk down the hallway and turn the signs over. For those who are, I've read about this, okay? I've, I've read about this, okay? I've, I've read this happens. That you would get up early and as you leave all the do not disturb signs, you turn them over to service requested. Well, as a consequence of uh, people trying to sleep in and the service comes in and and the sign had been turned over by somebody, uh, they have gone to printing usually just do not disturb signs. I want to suggest for every one of us, the Holy Spirit wants you to take off the do not disturb sign off of your heart. The Holy Spirit wants me to take the do not disturb sign off of my heart and He's inviting us to put the service requested sign on to say God use me, God do something through me and I will tell you God's opportunity will knock and compassion needs to answer. And we have the opportunity to do something significant for God. In the Gospel of Mark chapter number 8, if you'll join me there in the scripture the gospel of mark chapter number eight let me just set the scene this is the miracle we called feeding the four thousand wait a minute you said i thought it was five thousand there is a miracle of feeding the five thousand in scripture this is the other miracle of feeding the four thousand typically less known we find it in the gospel of mark also in the gospel of matthew now what is significant about this that At the time of the feeding of the 5,000 that happened in Israel. If you're familiar with the Holy Rand, those who have gone to Israel with us before, you know on the western side of Galilee, that is Israel. That was the region of Israel where Jesus ministered. But in the days of Jesus on the eastern side of Galilee was a region called Decapolis. You probably have read that word in the Gospels before, Decapolis. This This was... outside of israel at the time of jesus it was across the border It was on the other side these were foreigners they were not jewish people and on the other side outside the border in a region called decapolis is where this occurs understand your next opportunity may be across a border maybe across a barrier maybe in a new train of thinking Maybe in a new area. Some of us say God has to do it this way. Or God has to do it this way. He's got to bless me in this career. Could it be God is calling you to cross a border, as it were, to cross a barrier, to cross and think different, do life different, do your marriage different, do your home different, do your heart different? Is God calling you to uh, cross a border into another area? Is that God's opportunity? Well, let's look in the Gospel of Mark chapter 8 and verse number 1 and following. It says, During those days another large crowd gathered. Notice that word, another. I'll come back to it. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called the disciples to Him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with Me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can we, uh, anyone get enough bread to feed them? Verse number 5, Jesus says, How many loaves do you have? Here it is, the disciples. You said, feed them, Jesus. The tamale shop is closed. It's on Sunday. We, we can't even go to Chick-fil-A. The grocery store is closed. There, we cannot do this. And then Jesus says, How many loaves do you have? Have you ever... Have you ever tried to, to pass the buck when God speaks to you? Has God ever talked to you? You say, well, I will when my husband does. I will when they do. When my coworkers start being nice to me, I'll walk in the Spirit. Have you ever tried to pass the buck? Yes, yeah, that's exactly what the disciples did. And Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? They said seven. Verse 6. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave thanks for the disciples to to, to, gave to the disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. When they had a few excuse me, they had a few small small fish as well, he gave thanks for them also, and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards the disciple picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About four thousand were present. In the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus is teaching us here, there's an opportunity that will knock, and compassion must answer when God sends that opportunity. And there are three insights I want to deposit in our heart today concerning this lesson that speaks to every one of us. The first thought I want to share with you is when opportunity knocks, look forward, not backwards. When opportunity knocks, look forward, not backwards. Notice verse number 1. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Did you ever notice the word another? Another large crowd. What does that speak of? Because just a few days before this, there was the feeding of the 5,000. And here it is, it says, another large crowd gathered but now they're in decapolis and i mean when you're in decapolis who wants to brag about feeding four thousand when you just fed five thousand i mean how can it get any better than the four thousand than the five thousand and now we're at four thousand and sometimes you know what we do we say oh i've already done that oh well, we i've already responded to that i did that one time god speaks to you god talks to you and you say yeah back then i did Remember back then, no doubt the disciples were thinking, oh, Jesus, we we, we were part of the feeding of the 5,000. We've done the big thing once and for all. We've responded, we've replied. And Jesus drills down and he begins to tell them, and I want everyone in here to hear this. The Lord would say to us today, for every one of us, there is a fresh another. There was another large crowd. There is a fresh another. You say we've done it. There isn't an another. There's another coworker God will send for you to influence. There is another degree level God wants you to go to. There is an There is an a, a, another. Uh, business venture you should launch there's another moment there's another chance there is another that god has for every one of us and sometimes we shut down and say you know it's all right to have my bachelor's degree and god's saying go get your master's degree there is another god wants to use there is another that god opens up in our life for every one of us god has an another what is what is your another what is the thing that god is stretching you into and i would encourage us don't miss what god is doing now because of what you've done in the past the previous you know sometimes we sometimes we let failure rob us from our future do you know what we let also do we can let success rob us from our future oh i've already been there and done that i've tried that i mean look what i have Look what I've look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. We we have fed five thousand. I mean, would you if God's in it, it would surely be more than last time. We fed five thousand last time. If God was really in the feeding business, there would be six or seven thousand. Because God would want us to do something bigger and better than we did in the last time. So since it's only four thousand and it's across the border, maybe God's not in this moment. And some of us downsize. Some of us move, lose out what God is going to do because we, we are minimizing it. 4,000, 4,000, sometimes God, in a downsized moment, He has an upsize experience. There's an upside in your downsizing. Do you know you can take a pay cut and get a promotion with God? You can have a title that has less influence and less power. And God used it to maximize your influence on the job. You see, God does not always see things the way you and I see things. He did not minimize the 4,000. I think back a few years ago, it was 2004, 2005. 2004, 2005, we were about to go into a building program. We were going to build what is now our gymnasium and our children's facility and all that we have attached to this. We used to have just a worship center here a worship center that would seat about a thousand people and all of our children for kids ministries and everything we did was in our student center it was both student and children's center and the kids would have to walk across when it was rainy and it was just and it was not big enough we didn't have enough facilities so we were going to expand our facilities and build what is now our gymnasium but let me tell you what many of you don't know we were going to build two gymnasiums where all the playground equipment is right now, at the end of our building, the other side of the gymnasium, there was to be another gymnasium there. We'd planned it. I had announced it to the church. We had an architect draw up plans. There were schematics that we had. We'd worked it out. We'd put it together. I'd taken it to the executive board of the church. We call it the Council of Advisors. They had approved it. We had communicated it. We'd put information out to the congregation. We are going to build two gymnasiums. Why? Because we were wanting to expand our sports activity activities here we would have two gymnasiums then and we could do twice as much volleyball twice as much basketball and we just had that in our mind lord this is just a great opportunity and two gymnasiums are going to be able to provide that and in the middle of that in the middle of that i felt a check in my spirit not to build two gymnasiums only to build one but wait a minute, God already told the people, the boards voted out, they reproved it. I told the people what we're doing and I continued to wrestle with it. And finally I went to the people and I went to the board and I said, I-, I can't explain it to you. I just don't feel good in my heart. Hey, there's something about two gymnasiums. We're not supposed to build two gymnasiums. We're supposed to only build one. So we redesigned the building and we only built one gymnasium. We started construction in 2006. We moved into that field, facility in 2007. What happened? Can I tell you? Look forward, don't look past. God, God don't ever minimize what God is doing. Don't ever think because it maybe looks look smaller, God's not in it. Right after we moved in it, 2008, 2009, the great recession came to our economy. And the property from where we owned from our parking lot all the way down to Calabria, had recently sold for some $2.5 million, and they were going to put a strip center there and develop for commercial use. But all of a sudden, in the economy, things tanked. I received a phone call. That 10.5 acres down there, Pastor, it's available. In fact, they're about to lose it. The bank is going to take it. And they're willing to sell it for a million dollars less than they paid for if you'll buy it in the next 90 days. The bank will sell it to you for less than it's owed on it. We bought that property we bought that property the ten and a half acres where we're now putting in soccer fields we put in our concessions that we're 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 developing our sports complex down there oh i was thinking it had to be a gymnasium on this lot and god as it were said no don't do it i'm going to downsize things for a moment but god had something else in mind he was going to upsize that and allow us to touch kids and expand it even greater god saw that i didn't see that you have to look forward and not backwards because god always has a a fresh another to introduce to us in our life when opportunity knocks second all look outside your comfort zone look outside your comfort zone What does the Bible say in verse number 4, chapter 8? His disciples said to Jesus, But we're in this remote place. I mean, we're, we're in Decapolis. I'm not even familiar. I don't even like Decapolis. We're in Decapolis and this is a remote place. Can anyone get enough bread to feed them? We're out of our comfort zone. They didn't like being in Decapolis. And the Bible actually says, And Jesus Jesus constrained the disciples to go there. They were were going to Decapolis under objection. They they weren't thrilled with it. There weren't balloons here, okay? There weren't smiles on their face. They were going out of of protest. And here's God's point. Always look outside your comfort zone. The next thing God's going to do may not be within your comfort zone. We always think if God's in it, it's easy and quick. I've heard that so many times. I hear people tell me, you know what, God was in it, why? Because it was easy and quick. Can I tell you, most things I've found God's in are hard and it requires endurance. Amen. Yes. If God's in it, you, you, you will persevere in it. And there are two prayers God will answer. Many of us have prayed prayers that have never been answered but I will tell you there are two prayers. If you will pray these prayers, God will answer them. I, I assure you, I'll give you confidence in it. You pray this prayer, God will answer it. What is the prayer? Prayer number one is Lord, send me. And second prayer is Lord, spend me. If you will pray, Lord, send me, let me be the one to make the difference. Let me be the one in the workplace that brings kindness and compassion, understand. Let me be the one to go out of my way. Let me be the one to pour grace into this. Lord, send me. Lord, spend me. Lord, I, I'm not asking that it be comfortable. I, I'm willing, God, to go out of my comfort zone. I, I'm willing to go the extra mile. I'm willing to try harder. I'm willing to go to counseling. I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to go that extra, that extra mile in it. Lord, spin me. Take take my best and God use it. When I had prayed, Lord, send me, Lord, spin me, I have found God will defend me. God will defend me. He'll defend you. He'll protect your job. He'll protect your resources. He'll protect yours. He'll protect your family. When you pray the prayer, send me and spend me, God will defend you. That's His promise in your life. But it may be outside your comfort zone. Perhaps you're right up to the edge of the comfort zone and it just takes a couple steps of obedience. Maybe some of us are further away and there's, there's several steps. We, we, we have so... We've so built things around ourselves and self-affirming, self-affirming everything to us. But I invite you, if you'll step outside your comfort zone, you'll find the opportunity of God. And number three I share with you, compassion sees interruptions as opportunities. Compassion always views an interruption as an opportunity this is found in verse number two jesus said i have compassion for these people they've already been with me three days they have they have nothing to eat the disciples didn't see the people as jesus saw them but compassion compassion sees interruptions as opportunity the the disciples didn't see them that way the disciples were wanting to send them away. The disciples, let's get out of here. This is not even our homeland. This is not our place. This is, we're, 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 we're out of our comfort zone. Let's go back to Israel. Let's go over there. You know, sometimes we can suffer from compassion fatigue. Yes. We can get anesthetized. We can get jaded. We can get hardened. We, we can get insensitive to the needs of others. We hear somebody's going through and say, well, they deserve it. We hear somebody else, well, you know, if they'd get a job, if they'd have gone to school, if that had done, and if they'd have done, if they hadn't messed up, that they hadn't blown his top, and we 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 have all these quick answers and these, these remarks that come across judgmental. We can we can get numb to the plight, the hurt of the co-worker. Yes. To, the, uh, to others, there's so many needs, I can meet every need, I do all I can, I'm, I'm doing my best, someone else should do it, compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue is, is when I see as an intrusion that which is close to the heart of God. If it's close to the heart of God and I see it as an intrusion i'm suffering from compassion fatigue the scripture says and and jesus had compassion and he asked the disciples how many loaves do how many loaves do you have now we're taught today the buzzword today is the word tolerance you're taught it in school you're taught it in in hr departments at work it's the it's 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 everywhere we ought to have we ought to have tolerance we ought to have tolerance can i tell you the word tolerance is only mentioned eight times in the bible and half of those times god is god is condemning tolerance he said you've been tolerant towards things you should not have been tolerant of you know what the bible teaches us not tolerance the bible teaches us compassion 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 is what we ought to be over a thousand times the word compassion or a similar word occurs in the bible we're taught to be tolerant you do your thing what two adults do in the privacy of the room you do your they have different strokes for different folks we're taught just just you go on your way and i'll do my thing that's not how god intends life to be god intends for us to respond with with compassion compassion that's what that's what jesus wants this was not humanitarian aid This wasn't humanitarian aid. Humanitarian aid only changes the human experience. Humanitarian aid changes the human experience. Compassion changes both the human and the spiritual experience. There is a difference. There is a difference. And we're called to be people of compassion. We're called to respond with with compassion. When I, when I soften my heart towards God, I find, guess what? He warms my heart. When I soften my heart, my, when, I, when I hear about children around the world that don't have enough to eat, my heart is softened. And when my heart is softened, then I notice God enlarges my heart. <laughs> if you'll soften your heart, God will warm it. And then God will enlarge. Yes, compassion, compassion sees an intrusion, an interruption as an opportunity. This morning I'm going to invite our middle school youth pastor to come forward, Pastor Jonathan, and he has a group of students from our student ministry and I would like them to share with you what they have done for one day to feed the world. Pastor Jonathan, please tell us about what student ministry here are some of our students uh, from our student ministry. Tell us, please. Yes,
2: good morning. Um, these are many of the students who uh, participated with One Day to Feed the World. And I got to tell you, our students just loved every bit of it. Uh, we challenged them to do something creative this year for One Day to Feed the World. And so many of our students found creative ways. I talked to a young lady today who created jars in, in the shape of superheroes and sold them and got $80. We had a high school, a couple of high schoolers who got together. And they decided they're going to do a car wash. So they called their parents, called their friends, and they did a car wash at in one of the local areas. And they raised hundreds of dollars for one day to feed the world. We also have a middle schooler who decided that she was going to raise money by running. So she got donations based upon how, much, how many miles she ran a week. And as she was running after school, some of her students who don't even go to the church asked, well, Why are you running? And she said, I'm running for one day to feed the world. And they started joining with her to donate and raise money as well. And so our students have done, yeah, students have done a great job. And this is just a sampling of some of the students who participated in it. And so over the month, we have been able to raise between middle school and high school both $3,170 just with our middle school and high school students. And you know,
3: High school and middle school ministry, because of what you've done, there will be 26 children in 2018 that will be fed every day, 365 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. days next year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. A world changer. I'm going to invite Pastor Will, our kids' ministry pastor, with some of the kids from kids' ministry to come out and share with you what kids' ministry have done for one day to feed the world. Pastor Will.
1: So for the last month, we've had a lot of fun learning about One Day to Feed the World. And really what we tried to do is we wanted to shift the mindset of our kids because we want to create Christ followers who are generous. And we know that kids don't punch a 9 to 5 job and they're not making a paycheck every week. But if we can get a kid to think outside of themselves and see how they can impact other people, we can see some really cool things happen. We saw one of our preschoolers who, uh, she's 4 years old, and so she went home and she got onto this idea of, I want to feed other kids. And so she went home and she cleaned out her mom and dad's couch. And then she went over to her grandma's house and she cleaned out their couch. And then she realized, oh, their purses have money too. I'm going to clean those out. (laughs) And she got this big old gallon Ziploc bag the poor thing she could barely carry it in. She's like, I feed kids now. It was just a wonderful thing. We had a second grade boy who uh, decided, I want to sell things to try to help out kids in other countries started selling coffee and juice to his neighbors in the morning. Made $52 selling coffee and juice so he could feed other kids. So it's been a lot of fun seeing how kids can think outside of themselves and see how they can impact others. So far, we've raised a little over $1,200. We can feed 10 kids for an entire year. Thank you so much for partnering with us and helping our kids see how they can transform someone else's world. Kids.
3: I tell you what, we're so proud of you for what you've done. What you've done, you're going to feed 10 children next year. Every day they'll have meals. And these are kids that would not have had a meal. These are kids that would have gone without. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. We love you. We appreciate you so much. God bless you. Now I want to take a moment and talk to the rest of us, if I can. I want to invite all of us to stay. Please do not leave. We're we're going to receive an offering. Then following that, the worship band is going to come up for a closing song. And then I will bring a formal dismissal to this service. So if you would be so kind to stay with us until the formal dismissal, we would appreciate it so much. For a month now, we have communicated with you about One Day to Feed the World we partner with convoy of hope it's a christian organization that has taken on this mission they're feeding hundred and sixty thousand children every day around the world because westover of your giving last year we are feeding seven hundred and fifty seven children every day this year because of your generosity convoy of hope is unlike many uh non-profit organizations it's not uncommon for a non-profit organization a secular non-profit to have 60 percent of all of their income goes in administration and overhead and some 40 percent actually get to the need convoy of hope brags appropriately that for every dollar given 94 cents reaches the place you gave it they have six cents on the dollar for overhead and because of their stewardship and their networking with many large corporations around the world they're able to maximize they say for every dollar you give they're able to turn it into eight dollars because they have networks with large corporations buying food water medical supplies etc And that dollar is leveraged multiplied many times over i want to thank you westover for your giving and i'm going to give you the opportunity to share one more time whatever you give it'll come from your heart you see giving comes from the heart it doesn't come from excess it comes from our heart and i'm going to invite you today to give from your heart and whatever god lays on your heart if you choose to give today will be something that god will honor many of us have taken on the challenge we're going to work one day this year one day to feed the world and many of us are going to give one day's wage in order to feed the hungry children of the world i've stood before you before westover and you've replied with compassion when i told you about a a village in nairobi kenya there were children living literally in a, in a field in a waste waste dump, trash dump. These kids would never get an education. You responded and you gave $110,000 and we built a school. And I'm going there the first part of January to dedicate that brand new school that these kids that were were living in the trash heap, now, now, will have meals given to them and they can get an education. We're giving those kids a new life when i went to swaziland africa and i began to tour with one child matters and began to look at the needs they have there i went to care center after care center these are little schools they typically have about 100 125 students in each one they're dotted throughout the out throughout africa near little villages and i was in swaziland and i visited village after village and i went to care center after care center and i noticed something was missing there were no playgrounds these were kids that have never gone down the slide can you imagine growing up as a as a child and never being on a swing never being on a teeter-totter never being able to play and have playground i came back and shared the need with you you gave an offering of over twenty five thousand dollars, and we put we put playgrounds in every care center i visited they came in with crews and welded together and heavy uh pipe they put together because the, the, these are going to made to last because i'll tell you, you you can't imagine how many children in africa you could get on one teeter totter i i got 17 on one with me one time i went back to look at their playground and now their smiles on those kids face because you gave i went to an orphanage in swaziland and they had no hot water for the kids to bathe where the children were living. And you say, well, hot water is a luxury. It's not a necessity until you don't have hot water. I asked, what would it take? And they said, it'd take $15,000. That's why we can't afford it. I said, then you put it in. I'll take that need to my church. In my church, we're going to put hot water there. We're going to give them a warm, a kitchen where they can serve warm meals. And then I asked them at the, and I'm going to try to do this very delicate I, I'm, I'm going to share the details with this very delicate I said what else needs do you have at this, this orphanage and with a forlorn look on their face they say the thing that tortures their heart out in this village at night men crawl in the windows and abuse the little girls I wouldn't put up that for my grandkids or my kids, and you shouldn't either. I said, then what can we do to stop that? You see, there's no police department. There's no sheriff's department. We're talking about in the middle of Africa and a a distant village. They said, if we could put a fence and razor wire on the top, we could stop that. What does it cost? $8,000. I said, my church will buy. Order it today. And we put that fence to protect those little girls. Time and again. Time and again. I have brought, I have brought before you how we can respond to those who have so little. And this is another opportunity. Last year, because of your magnanimous, magnanimous generosity, we gave $94,000 in the one day to feed the world, feeding 757 children every day this year. I've hugged some of those kids. I've been to Haiti and I've gathered them around me and I've, I've hugged them. I, I see in my mind right now. Pardon me. A little girl in Haiti, she eats with socks on her hands because she has a skin disease they've never been able to cure. The open wounds on her hands and her knees were just would make you cringe. She ate in the corner all by herself. The the other kids, they, they didn't want to be around her. I walked over and sat by her. I can't speak her language, but can I tell you what? I think she could sense my heart. And I just sat there with her while she ate so she wouldn't eat alone. Let's feed these kids. They deserve, because they're God's kids, Some of them don't have moms and dads. They don't have grandmas and grandpas. But they're God's kids. I'm going to invite our ushering team to move forward. And if you would like to give, here's how we request you do it. If you're giving check or cash, please place it in a contribution envelope. Place it in a contribution envelope and mark on the outside of it one day. For the one day to feed the world. We have online where you can go to one of our kiosks in our lobby or online, you can do it and there'll be a category called One Day. If, if you want to go home this afternoon and look for that category, look for our website, go to Give, you're going to, see, you're going to see under missions that one category called One Day. If you're giving text to Give, as Denise and I have already done today, if you'll type two words in whatever offering you want to give, One Day, O-N-E-D-A-Y, One Day. If you will give to one day, 100% of what you give, we're going to send a convoy to feed the, the children of the world. We're going to feed God's kids. We're going to make a difference in their life. And in advance, I want to thank you for whatever you give. It comes from your heart. And because it comes from your heart, it pleases the heart of God would you join me and we're going to pray right now father thank you for the wonderful spirit of generosity at westover time and again i brought a request and this congregation is never tired has never become weary in sharing with those who have so little i thank you god that they respond with compassion and generosity And I just ask you, Lord, today, let our efforts be what would please your heart. As we put our hearts and our hands around the children of the world that have nothing, I believe, Lord, in doing so. When we do it to the least, Jesus said we're doing it as unto the Lord. And I thank you for the Westover family that's willing to share and do. Bless them as they give from their heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite the worship band to come out and I'll draw your attention to the the screen.
0: stand together we're going to sing this together with one voice there's nothing impossible for our God come on let's sing it out
3: We'll give you.